Here we go. It's episode seven of the NFL Divisional Previews. We talk about the AFC West. The Kansas City Chiefs are back as a heavy favorite once again to win the division and to probably win the AFC as well. Uh, We talk about their offensive line woes, uh, Pat Mahomes, and a potentially questionable defense. Uh, The Chargers are the darling uh, team of the preseason. They're the up-and-coming team. We talk about their chances to make the playoffs this season with uh, Justin Herbert, Brandon Staley as the coach. Broncos are back with Teddy Bridgewater leading the show with a stacked defense. A lot of good skill players there. Can he do enough for them to get into the playoffs? And finally, the Raiders. They're always going to be the Raiders. All right, AFC West coming up. Welcome back to your best bets. It's uh, episode seven of the eight divisional NFL previews that we have before the season starts. We'll keep closing it in on next Thursday night for the opening night. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about the AFC West, uh, a division that has obviously been dominated by the Kansas City Chiefs for the last three seasons. Uh, and I, I have some interesting thoughts on it this this year with a, a lot of uh, growth by the Chargers, and I, I have high hopes for them. We'll see if my uh, co-host tonight agrees. Uh, Alex Becker is with us. Alex, uh, how are things? You ready to talk about the AFC West? Yeah, thanks for having me, Phil. You know, we talked about the Vikings and the NFC North a while back, and it's going to be back. It's a little bit out of my element, but there's a couple really exciting teams that I'm excited to talk about tonight. Yes, the the Kansas City Chiefs, we'll start there, obviously uh, made it to their, their second straight Super Bowl last season, uh, third straight um, uh, conference title game that they, they, they were at least in for, I guess, three years in a row, back-to-back Super Bowl appearances. Uh, they were, uh, I would say, exposed a little bit in the Super Bowl. Uh, Shoddy offensive line really cost them um, you know, a, a real chance to win that game. And uh, the the big overhaul of the offseason for them was uh, was offensive line. They acquired Orlando Brown from the Ravens. They made a couple draft picks that are going to immediately come in and start. Um, uh, Joe Tooney, uh, a guard they acquired as well, and then a, a third-round pick from the 2020 draft who opted out last year. He's a starter. So they have five new guys on the offensive line. It is a complete turnover. Um Besides the offensive line, is I, I guess what are your expectations for them this season? And I guess, or I guess, my, a better question is: Does a lot of their success hinge on how well that offensive line can come together? I think you know. I think the Chiefs as a whole kind of rely on that offense to put up points. Their defense, we've talked years. You know, their defense is average to below average, and you know they let Bashad Breeland walk, and the Vikes picked him up. And they traded for Mike Hughes, and who knows if he's going to stay healthy. He looked good in the preseason with a couple nice returns and stuff, but I still think they're going to rely so much on their offense to win them games and, and to have another shot at the Super Bowl. But there's, <laughs> to me, there's a lot of questions on that defense still. I agree. Um, Tyra Matthew today just uh, 
was just put on the COVID list. Uh, so we're not sure at this point if he's going to be back for the start of the season. You know, I like Frank Clark. I like Chris Jones, but uh, there is there is a lot of unknown there. They drafted Nick Bolton from uh, Missouri as their second rounder. He, you know, he'll play. Yeah, a I did lot like that this year. Yeah, um, but I, I think this team, like you said, they have just relied on their offense to win them games for the last three seasons, and the defense has come up big in spots, but it hasn't been a unit that's been relied on um, that often. Uh, I'll just be interested to see how quickly this line can gel. I mean, you're talking about, um, you know, Creed Humphrey starting at center as a rookie. Trey Smith was a guy, as I, I believe, was a fifth or sixth rounder at right guard that's going to be starting right away. Um, and then Lucas Nayang, the guy that, that opted out last year at right tackle. So that's a lot of um, young talent on the offensive line and a lot of guys that haven't, you know, haven't played games together. Obviously, you know, the dynamic of Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey is is one of the most, you know, unstoppable units that we've seen in the last five, ten years in the NFL. Uh, but as we know in the NFL, if if your offensive line can't hold up and there's not a lot of time to throw, as we saw in the Super Bowl, it really disrupts everything that the offense wants to do. Well, right. And, you know, there are a lot of big names on that offensive line now. But it's, it's not just about being great athletes. There's a lot of communication that people forget about that if a unit hasn't worked together, there could be a lot of miscommunication, and, and Mahomes could be running for his life here early in the year. The L.A. Chargers are, are the team that feels like the up-and-comer. Um, the last two seasons, the only team, playoff team in this division has been the Chiefs. I feel like the Chargers are, are – on the precipice of making that next step. Um, we know what Justin Herbert did last year. He is, a, he appears to be a true franchise quarterback, set a, a ton of rookie records last year, uh, offensive rookie of the year. Uh, he appears to be the real deal. And, and they've, they've also made some huge um, overhauls on the offensive line. Um, they, they brought in Corey Lindsley from the Packers um, at center, Matt Filer uh, as guard. They attacked, uh, they uh, drafted Rashawn Slater, That'll be their left tackle. Um, that offense appears to be really set. Austin Eckler in the back, uh, the backfield. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams on the outside. And then they also brought in Jared Cook, I believe, as well yep. um, to, to help uh, bolster you know the tight end position. They lost Hunter Henry. But before we get to the defense, I mean, this offense seems like it's it's primed to have another big season. Well, I think I think they're trying to recreate you know what Kansas City's doing. They have a ton of firepower, and you know they drafted Joshua Palmer in the third round from Tennessee, and he has been electric in this in this uh, preseason. And don't forget, they have Brian Bulaga now at right tackle as well. That's right. Yep. So they, and, yeah, and I mean, they are stacked. They really are, and uh, you know, I have a little a little bit of questions about about their depth at wide receiver you know Jalen Guyton is their third wide receiver I don't know a lot about him um they have a little bit of depth at running back Justin Jackson's played a lot the last few years Joshua Kelly um let's talk about Herbert for a second I I said this on a couple of the NFL pods last year that watching him play I feel like he's the closest guy to make Mahomes-like throws that I've seen in the league maybe Josh Allen's right there but was was Herbert underrated coming out of Oregon, or was did you feel like this was maybe what he was always going to become? You know, I watched a lot of his Oregon Duck games. I'm a big Oregon Ducks fan, and 
I really liked him, but I thought he had a little bit too much of that gunslinger. I'm going to throw the ball deep. My, I trust my receivers. You know, that kind of Brett Farvey. Ah, I'll throw some picks, but I'm also going to make big plays. So I think that was kind of the knock on him, and that's the reason he dropped behind Tua. Um, but, I mean, last year he was throwing all over the place. He really impressed me. If he can take another step forward, I think, you know, he might be in that MVP conversation come the end of the year. I think I think he's got a chance as well. I mean, he threw for over forty four hundred yards last year. Um, I got a I got a Herbert prop later on, but um, I, I feel like, I mean, he was running for his life a lot last year. Um, I saw a stat that he was pressured two hundred seventeen times. That was the most by um, a rookie quarterback since two thousand nine. Um, I was probably like uh, David Carr or something like that, but. Uh, uh, so, I mean, the weakest area of their entire team was really upgraded quite a bit. And so they really they really seem to be investing in protecting Herbert, uh, making his job easier this season. Um, on the other side of the ball, um, you know, it, it's I think a lot of it obviously starts with, uh, you know, sort of their stars, Joey Bosa on the edge. Um, uh, Derwin James got paid in the offseason. Um, they had drafted Asante Samuel Jr., I, I don't think he'll start, but I think he'll provide depth. Michael Davis was re-signed at, at cornerback. Um, you know, there's still some questions, I think, there. But I love – and we didn't even mention Brandon Staley. They have a real head coach now, I believe. Um, <laughs> I think that's going to be uh, the the biggest change coming from the Rams, coming from the McVay, uh, you know, coaching tree. So I, I just – I really think that as, as long as the, the defense can be – average you know a middle of the pack crew um you know i just i really like this team to make a leap this year i i would completely agree with all of that and you know linval joseph he if he can turn back the clock a little bit at nose tackle and he can you know stuff that middle at joey go and get after the quarterback and i you know if they can play average to above average this team could be very very scary in the postseason so you like him you like him as a playoff team I do. Yep. Yep. And even their, uh, you know, their prop for the season wins, you know, it's at nine and a half. I think I saw on DraftKings. Yep. Yep. I think that's their floor. Their floor to me is nine and eight. I think they can win upwards of, I have about their ceiling at 11 and six. Um, yep. with a few games, yep. you know, kind of toss up here and there, but sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, 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 I think with questions with the Raiders and the Broncos, um, and the the Chiefs maybe being a little bit more vulnerable this year compared to the last couple of years, I think there is an opportunity for them to get to eleven wins. And and I'm with you. I was I was a little surprised that the the over under was nine and a half uh, with the seven uh, seventeen game slate. Um, I guess ten and a half might be a touch high, but I do like the over as well. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. The Denver Broncos, uh, obviously, their their big uh, you know roster change was. The acquisition of Teddy Bridgewater, he will be the starter ahead of Drew Locke. Um, you know, Bridgewater, I'm sure you have some thoughts on him as, as, as a past Vikings quarterback and, and when he was, you know, really rolling and, and getting things going with the franchise, that's when he suffered the devastating injury. And, you know, he had some nice time in New Orleans, you know, as a backup. It didn't really work out in Carolina. Do you see anything different happening with Teddy out in Denver this season? You know, the biggest knock on Drew Locke was 
he was so you know erratic with his throws. He, I think he was one of the top um, off-target throws in the whole league. And you're not going to get that with Teddy. He's one of the most accurate passers. He's not going to throw the ball all over, but he's also not going to turn the ball over, which was a big problem with Locke. So I think that's an upgrade for them. Um, and that defense is so stout. But I really like the, the Bridgewater pick to start for them week one. Um, we'll see how it goes. But he went, what, 5-0 and at as a starter for New Orleans? 6-0? and Uh yeah, there was a he had a really nice run in there. Yeah, yeah, yep. And Carolina, and, and, when McCaffrey gets hurt, you know that he's got to throw more now, and that you know that's not really his game. Sure, they they have some really nice skill players uh, out in Denver. The, the receivers are really solid. You know, Cortland Sutton had a you know major knee injury. He was out last year. He'll be back. Uh, Jerry Judy had some drops, but the talent is there. Tim Patrick was really solid. And of course, KJ Hamler as well. They got a really nice crew of young receivers. Uh, they drafted Javante Williams, who is, I, I think there's fairly high expectations that he will be the starter ahead of Melvin Gordon. And, um, you know, of course the offensive line, they, they, picked up my guy Bobby Massey from the Bears at right tackle who's very mediocre but apparently an upgrade for them um so the offense feels like there's there's potential there um you know the guards I, I they're Risner and Cushenberry they're they're young but hopefully another year they can you know kind of establish growth and, and progress and as you mentioned the defense with uh you know Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, their their secondary is completely loaded now. They really picked up. I mean, they picked up uh, Fuller from the Bears, who is a past Pro Bowler. Ronald Darby. They drafted Patrick Sertan, um, Justin Simmons, who's one of the best free safeties in the league. He's they re-signed him. Um, so I do like. I really like the defense. I really like the secondary. Um, I, I think if nothing else, you know. Playing the Broncos, especially in Denver, is is not going to be an easy win for anyone. No, they're going to be you know they're going to be very hard nose, which is exactly what Vic Fangio wants. Um, I can see you know Pat Sertain taking over Darby's spot here, and probably I would say week three, week four, I can see him taking over Darby. And Darby doesn't impress me. He he makes some bonehead plays quite a bit, um, but he's a veteran, you know, and and Sertain's got to earn a spot, but. This defense, you know, come December, it when it gets cold mm-hmm. out, they're going to be very hard nosed. Balls are going to be popping out. They're going to be, I would probably say, they're going to be easily top five, if not top three, defensive unit this year. Which puts it just puts the ball back in the offensive uh, court to you know produce Teddy. You know, put up twenty four points a game. You probably win a lot of games with this defense. Um, and I didn't even mention, um, you know, they re-signed one. Uh, uh, Shelby Harris, uh, he's really solid end, and uh, the, on the opposite side of Chubb, um, Malik Reed, both of them had great years last year, with Chubb and Reed did, so yeah, defense is really stout, and uh, let's see if uh, Vic Fangio's offense can uh, score enough points this season. The Raiders, uh, Alex, is is a team that I I had to do the most <laughs> research on because I just I was like, what did they do in the off season? And, and it really wasn't much. Um, you know the the skill players I have uh, I have Henry Ruggs, who we know he's a speedster. They picked up John Brown, who's a speedster. You know, but he's kind of aging now. Um, 
I, I have some questions about the receivers. You know, everyone loves Jacobs. Everyone loves Darren Waller. Um, but they, they made a huge reach in the draft, uh, uh, drafting Leatherwood from Alabama. He'll be starting a right tackle. Um, I think people liked him, but maybe not in the first round. That was a typical Raiders type of play. Um, and, you know, this this line, I think, is is – they had some injuries. All these guys that are coming back, they didn't really play much together. So another questionable offensive line out in the AFC West. Um, I don't I don't really know a lot about their defense. I know Casey Hayward's a, a corner. Um, they picked up uh, who's Ngakwe. the kid from? Yeah, I was gonna say from Baltimore. That was a big that was a big acquisition. Other than that, to me, this feels like a typical John Gruden Raiders team. It, it does, absolutely. And, you know, they reached that with Leatherwood at 17 in the first round with uh, yeah. um, Darisoff still on the board. And, you know, Leatherwood had grade at round two, round three. But they did end up getting, you know, Trayvon Morig um, in round two, which I could see him going around one, two. So, it's you know, it was kind of a flip-flop of picks. I don't understand that pick. They probably could have taken him with the, with the Morig pick, but... You know, it's we. It seems like every year we talk about you know Mike Mayock is supposed to be this guru, and and there is some head scratching decisions on that side of it. I just I don't yeah. understand some of them. It's a good point. Um, it, it's almost like who's who's ever in charge of the Raiders draft. It, it, it could be a, a guy new to the organization like Mayock. There's still these questionable decisions. They they always go for speed. Uh, guys like Rugs. You know, who may pan out. I don't think he'll ever be a number one receiver, though. Um, you know, again, I like Jacobs. I like Waller. This was a pretty good offense last year. I think it'll be a, a fairly solid offense this year, too. But to me, they just they fall right in that range of seven to eight wins uh, under Derek Carr. Um, let's, let's talk about the over-unders, Alex. Um, okay. At the top, the Chiefs at twelve and a half. The 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 favorite on that is the under. It's at minus one thirty. The over is plus one ten. Uh, I think based on everything we talked about, I I I feel pretty comfortable taking the under with the Chiefs this year. I might be just under the twelve and a half. A twelve and five season sounds about right to me. With so many question marks. Um, I'm not saying the league's figured out Mahomes by any means, but I think there is a bit of a blueprint out there that the Bucks provided in the Super Bowl that that teams are going to, uh, you know, try to follow. Um, I have I have big questions at their, with their depth at receiver now with the lost Sammy Watkins. Not that he was a world beater, um, you know, but Demarcus Robinson is he going to be able to step in? McCole Hardman. I mean, at some point, you know, Hill, Kelsey. Does this does this thing slow down a little bit, and you have to be relying on other player, other skill players to you know help move the ball, get first down, score points? Um, that's my question. Yeah, and this is this is probably one that I would stay away from. I like the over, you know, just because of how, how how dynamic they are, and I I do think Clyde Edwards-Helaire is going to take a step forward. But like you said, that depth, if someone goes down, if Tyreek goes down or Kelsey goes down, it, it completely changes their offense. And I, you know, I could see the under as well. So this is one that I would kind of stay away from. Yeah, that's and that's that's probably the smart play. The Chargers, I think we've, we've kind of both established. We both like them over nine and a half. We think the ceiling could be pretty high with this team. 
the Broncos over under is at eight and a half. Um, the favorite is the over at minus one fifty. Under would be plus one twenty. Who you got there? You know, <laughs> as much as I like that defense, I I just think there's too many questions on that offense that I actually have the under on that one. I think they're going to get to that eight wins, but I would be pretty comfortable taking the under on that one. I kind of like the eight as well. Eight and nine seems about right for this team. Um, you know, I think I think the 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 ceiling is is like the seventh seed. You know, but I think the floor could be like six wins. So if they play this season ten times, I think somewhere around eight wins seems right. And the the, the Raiders is at seven exactly. Over is minus one twenty. Under is plus one hundred. Um, I'll start with the Raiders. I'll take the under. I think. I, I think it could end up right at seven, um, but and this would probably more be more of a stay away from me as well. But if I had to bet it, I, I would probably take the under. Um, I, I I just don't like I don't like Gruden's comeback here as a coach. It just hasn't. I don't I don't get a good feeling when I'm watching the Raiders. I have no confidence in them to, to actually close out games. Again, they have nice pieces on offense, a couple nice pieces on defense, but as a, as a team, I don't I don't trust them, especially in a division with two really good teams. Oh, I would. I actually in my notes put stay away on that exact <laughs> you know that exact thing. It's you know they they spent a ton of money on Kenyon Drake too. It's just yes. like I said earlier, some of these decisions it they're not winning football decisions, and so yep. I would be comfortable taking the under, but most likely I would stay away on that one. It's a good point. Do you need Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, Jalen Richard, and Theo Riddick? I mean, do you need that many guys, uh, especially when Riddick and Jalen are kind of they kind of do the same thing? Um, it's it, it's it, there's just some head treasures like you mentioned as far as um, uh, you know player acquisitions go, but that's again that's the Raiders. Uh, the division odds: uh, KC minus two fifty. And uh, the Chargers at plus 450, I think those are the only two we're talking about here. In any world, would you put the put any money down on the Chargers plus 450? You know, I probably would put a little bit of money on them. You know, like we said, if the Chiefs have an injury or two, that could completely change everything for them. There's not a lot of depth with that team that, you know, when they're healthy, they are damn near unstoppable. But if they have an injury, and we and we've seen in the last couple of years, big names going down, and I, you know, I probably would throw a little bit of money on the Chargers. There's always one team every season that that makes that jump. Um, you know that that there's young talent and with some experience, and you know a better coach now that at least we think Brandon Staley is going to be that they're. There's a team that just makes a jump, and it just it feels like everyone is on the Chargers, which maybe isn't a good thing. This a little in, a, in one way, it kind of feels like the Browns of a couple of years ago, um, when you know there was these large expectations and they kind of fell flat. And that, and then last year when they got a proper head coach, uh, your guy from Minnesota, they 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 did make that jump, and I expect them to make another jump this year as well. Um, I, I got a I got a couple of divisional winner parlays. I, I kind of 
I like throwing these in there. Uh, I still think KC wins the division more times than not this season. So I did. If you pair them with the Browns to win their division, the AFC North, that's plus two fifty. If you pair the Chiefs and the Rams, who I I like to win the NFC West, put those together, that's plus three ten. Um, I like both of those. Those are um, I. I you know, there's it increases the value of a, of a team like the Chiefs, who are a strong favorite. Um, you know, it, it gets harder and harder. You could keep going. You could do it three, four teams, but the odds will just be really hard for those to actually pay off. Um, the only two teams I put down, Alex, for the conference as as the AFC winner is is the Chiefs and the Chargers. Chiefs at plus two fifty, they are the favorite uh, to win the AFC, and the Chargers at plus sixteen hundred. Not a lot of value on the Chiefs there. Um, it's it's hard to make that bet with, like we said, all the contenders that are coming for them: the Bills, uh, the Browns, uh, the Chargers, um, even a team like. Um, the Ravens are still making, you know, they're still around. Um, do you like the, the Chiefs to potentially get back to the Super Bowl still? You know, I do. But there, like you said, there are some teams that are, they're kind of starting to hit their peak in, in, in win now mode. Teams that we haven't seen in a while. You know, the Bills are tough. They're going to be tough again. The Browns, that whole AFC North division is going to be tough. They're going to beat up on each other, though. I think there's going to be quite a bit of injuries throughout the season. And there's some hard nosed teams there. The Colts, you know, they could surprise if Wentz has a has a good year. Um, Titans with Julio. There's a lot of, you know, hungry teams in this AFC that, I, you know, I do think that the Chiefs will, will end up making it, but there are some teams that could give them a run. The Chiefs to win the Super Bowl at plus 500, the Chargers at plus 3,000. Um, that is kind of enticing, but they, they don't feel like a team that's ready to to make that big of a jump this season. Um, I think we both like them for the playoffs, get some experience, and see what happens in 22. Uh, some props I want to run by you. Um, uh, Tyreek Hill for the most receiving yards in the league at plus 900. And then conversely, uh, Travis Kelsey for most receiving touchdowns at plus 1,000. I think... I, of the two, I wrote both those down as possibilities. I kind, I think I like Kelsey a little bit more, um, just as a pure red zone threat. And for as much as this team is in the red zone, um, as you mentioned, I think Edward Solaire has has a big season. He'll get a lot of touches, but I I like that at plus a thousand. Uh, thoughts on either one of those? Um, <clears throat> I I would be most interested in the Kelsey one. What worries me is is uh, kind of you know the, the Aaron Rodgers Devonte Adams last dance that I just have a feeling that <laughs> the yardage and the touchdowns I think I could see Devonte winning both of those honestly this year. Um, but you said what yeah. it's a plus a thousand, yeah, on the Kelsey touchdown. Yeah, I mean that's it's a nice little chunk of change if you can hit on it. But he is a massive red zone threat. It's a decent number. Um, Justin Herbert. Um, he, I think I threw this number out earlier. He actually threw for 43-36 last year as a rookie. The over-under this year is at 44-50. Um, that's at minus 115. I'm hammering the over. Um, I think the only thing that holds him back is injury. I think he ends up 45, 4,600 yards. Um, again, I, d- I just don't think there's anything on paper that would prevent him unless something caused him to miss some time. Um 
McCole Hardman. I was already questioning him earlier. I, I'm taking the under on his receiving yards, 725. That's at minus 120. Uh, I, I think he's a really nice gadget guy. I think he's 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 nice as a, a returner. Um, but we've seen him with some drops. We've seen some, you know, just a lack of consistency with him. Uh, so I'm going to take the under on Hardman receiving yards. Um, this is my lock, Alex. Uh, Darren Waller over seven and a half re- uh, touchdown receptions this year. That's at minus one fifteen. Um, I think he'll be somewhere around ten double digits. Uh, I mean, this is a guy that is one of the three or four best tight ends in the league. Uh, so I love him to have a huge season despite the Raiders probably not being very good. Well, it's you know um, going back to that McCarr the Hardman thing. I would completely agree with that. There's too many mouths to feed in that offense. Um, for for him to get that many yards, um, Waller, I would 100% agree with that lock. He's <laughs> he's he's their main weapon. He when Carr's in trouble, he's throwing it up to Waller, and yeah. I would yeah. I I honestly think double digits is I would I mean even if it was it's at seven and a half, yeah, yeah. It, even if it was at eight and a half, I'd probably take the over. Yeah, if if it just it feels like a ten or eleven touchdown season for him if he's healthy. And then my final one was Javante Williams, the, the running back we were talking about, uh, and Denver. Um, his over unders at eight hundred rushing yards. I'm I'm taking the over based on of what I've read about him in training camp. He seems to, uh, you know, have caught Fangio's eye. I think he'll get the majority of the carries, and by midseason, this will be completely his job. And uh, Denver has just had a history of churning out these these running backs, and mm-hmm. um, I just I, I think that's a really low number for a guy that sounds like he's pretty talented. Uh, yeah, I do too. You know, there was some rumblings that they were trying to trade Gordon to the Rams when Acres went down right away. So mm. they, I think, they really like this kid. I could see him taking over RB one duties by week two, week three. So I think that number is yeah. a little low, and I, I'm pretty comfortable taking the over on that one as well. Anything you have as far as bets, props that you would be interested in this division? You know, you hit so many, you hit so many of them that I <laughs> I really like. You know, I would almost put a lock on the Chargers to hit the over on nine and a half. I would, that's I am very comfortable with with the over on that one. Um, and, and if you're if you're going to do that, the Chargers to make the playoffs would be uh, plus one hundred five. Right, you, you might as well double dip on both those because if they're winning right. over nine and a half, chances are they're making the playoffs. Right. That's so. I, I figure ten and seven probably gets you in. Um, so yeah, if if you like them to win ten games, the plus one hundred five is the 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 better number there. Um, no, I I actually thought I went light on props. There was uh, some other divisions I had 10, 12 things written down. So this I felt like this division I didn't I couldn't find a lot that I loved except the ones I just mentioned. Um, well, I could. Oh. You know, I didn't look up Judy. I, I I think, you know, Jerry Judy is going to have a really good year this year. He's such a dang good route runner that, you know, once he has an accurate quarterback, he's yeah. he's going to put up quite a bit of yards this year. Yeah. He he had a lot of drops last year, though, right? He did, but he also had the number one um, off-target throws to him as well in the whole league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I read that last week. I'm like, you know, everyone's talking yeah. about, you know, kind of had a disappointing rookie season, but – he he had Drew Locke thrown all over. So it's fair. It's a fair point. It, it's it's like if anyone would ever knock Allen Robinson for you know 
the for anything with drops, which by the way, he doesn't drop the ball, but I mean, if you ever look at who Allen Robinson's played with uh quarterbacks, it's it's a it's a tough list. It's a travesty. Um, it is a travesty. Tra- They're wasting his talent. Really, yeah. And they're going to continue to do so um, for at least the early part of the season. That's that's another conversation, though. Um, you got a couple of futures on the Vikings, though. The, the um, I, what, it wants to make the playoffs, correct? And then isn't the other one over eight and a half wins? Oh, I knew I took the playoffs, but I <laughs> I think it, I can't I can't remember if I picked them to win the division with all that Aaron Rodgers drama. Or if I just took the the wins, but I think we went with I think we went with the, with the wins because if I you know I said if they win nine ten games you know most likely they're making the playoffs as well, so I think I went with both of those and still pretty still feel pretty comfortable you know the the uh, preseason wasn't great but we sat most of our defense and most of our offense for most of it so hopefully we can put it together early, but I still like both of those bets. I, I, I still think they have a pretty viable chance to make the playoffs. The, the NFC West might get three, um, but the, the East is is rough, and the South I, I don't think is going to be very good outside of the Bucks. So I do think there is there is a path for them to, to be a wild card if they don't win the division pretty pretty handily. Um, anything else on the AFC West? No, I think you know this is going to be the first year in three, four years that Kansas City, you know, is going to really have to bring their A game to keep on top here. So I'm excited for the Chargers. I hope they can take another step forward. I don't think their their Super Bowl um, chances this year are very good, but I think they'll be really, really exciting in 2022. Yes, I'm, I'm with you. I agree. All right, Alex, appreciate you coming on, uh, talking about this division and uh, looking at uh, some uh, – some some props and some division odds and whatnot it was uh it was fun absolutely thank you for having me phil all right everyone episode seven is down we got the nfc north left with uh with my brother tim of course no one else could close it out like he could so we'll have that remaining in the week check us out on instagram facebook your best bet thanks for listening